4 o'clock football frenzy is presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. I almost went old school today, Candy. I was really, really enticed. Hit a convenience store before the show. Uh, I've told you before, I think I've told the audience before, and it's grossed everyone out. That a staple of my 20s was to make sure that I, as I was bouncing around covering sports, hit the convenience store, get the 48-ounce Mountain Dew, and then back it up with a good Hostess apple pie. And I will give the shout-out here to Circle K. I didn't realize they had this. They've got their own apple pie in the little box. And I almost went back to my days when I was 90 pounds lighter and could process the apple pie and the Mountain Dew a lot better than I can now. I almost did it, but I only got the Mountain Dew. Only got the Dew. I'm not and, sure you could and, ever and, process and, it. And and it was only 36 ounces. I didn't even get the bag. What discipline? I'm proud of you, Cofield. I am. I can tell that you've I can tell that you've grown up and grown out. I think I don't think that was a compliment. Um so now the decision at hand is Hanging out Tom's Urban. Last week, I had the Red Bull party starter. It's a double dose of their Urban Margarita. Hibiscus bombed with a full can of Red Bull Red Edition. I will tell you, about 40 minutes after I counted it, after I had one last week, oh, boy. It was... Full on cornholio time. <laughs> oh my god! I was, <laughs> I was bouncing. Was there off. enough TP for your bunghole? Was there? I was, I was so hyper. It delivered. It is a party starter. I'm currently looking at a photo of the party starter, and the color alone makes me think that once oh. it gets into your veins, yeah, it must make you superhuman. Yes, and it's and it's another one of those drinks where you're like, wait a second. Where's the alcohol? Oh, it's there, buddy. Oh, oh it was there. But... Oh, it's there. I'm looking at some of my other oh, options here oh, on the. Uh, oh. I'm looking at some of my other options on the Tom's Urban cocktail menu. I can get the uh, the mule kick, the cactus ass kick, the ooh. What is this? The she's my niece. The she's my niece. Rum, orange juice, pineapple juice, cream of coconut, acai liquor, topped with grated nutmeg and mint. Woohoo! You fancy, huh? You fancy, Cofield. That's where you need to go today. Any, any drink with nutmeg, I'm in. By the way, Dangerous Danny, Dangerous Danny just a minute ago was like, oh, you want me to get you one? I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Oh, I want it mid-show. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got to stay calm. There might be more goofy stories. Um, and then I may really open up about my deep depression middle of the day today, finding out about Russell Wilson going to the Broncos. <laughs> Football frenzy. Uh, if you didn't hear it, Aaron Rodgers says, I'm staying in Packerland. It looks like a gigantic deal is on tap. Wilson gets traded. We'll analyze the trade a little more in about 10 minutes with Miles Simmons from PFT. Russell Wilson gone from Seattle. Seahawks fans must be sad. That hurts. And uh, Broncos fans are jubilant. And now look at this division, right? Well, the other thing that unfolded today that was really interesting is that robust wide receiver market. Hey, we need a receiver. Look at all these free agents we can get. Wait, there's none left. Like, I mean, there are guys left, but like the top of the heap, Candy, oh, they, they, they all got lopped off the list. Where do you want to start? Devontae Adams. Tag him. Right? Now, there are still some Raiders people, some Raiders fans, who are saying the tag means nothing. He's still coming to the Raiders. Like, okay. How many of the Red Bull party starters have they had? Because that is some delusion at high, high levels to think that Aaron Rodgers came back for four years, but the Packers are going to trade Devontae okay. Adams. How about Rodgers said he hasn't signed the deal yet. Is he still a bit distrustful of management where he's like, I signed that deal when you 100% guarantee Devontae Adams is back? He's tagged. He's tagged. The guy already threatened to retire, did Rodgers? 
He's tagged. Devontae Adams is tagged. He's going nowhere. The tag is just an extension of time for them to figure out a long-term deal. Look, this all had to get done right here, right now, because the Packers truly are in salary cap hell. Because by tagging Devontae Adams, they have to carry a cap hit of what they're going to have to pay him on the franchise tag, which is in the range of $20 million, until they sign him to another deal. So you have to look at Aaron Rodgers' situation and say, they might just hold off on making the Rodgers contract official until they figure out how to fit everybody under the cap. So the Raiders could have been in on Devontae Adams. All right, next up, let's make a run at Chris Godwin. Tag him. Man. All right, that ain't going to happen. Let's steal an up-and-coming receiver from one of our rivals in the division. Let's get Mike Williams. Yes, sign him. Because the Chargers give him three years, $60 million. And did you really think that after they make the investment in Justin Herbert, that they were going to let that receiving core go down toward where the Raiders ended up last season? No, they overpaid. But you know what? You overpay in that situation. And you can overpay because you're not paying Justin Herbert anything right now. So now what? Now you go to the draft, baby, because I don't think that the Raiders are going to be in a position to make a big investment in free agency. There's nobody left to spend the money on at the kind of level of the guys who have been either tagged or signed. And keep in mind, Chris Godwin blew out his leg. I mean, the guy's not even necessarily a lock to be ready for the beginning of the year. So that's how much Tampa Bay looked at the market and said, hey, you know what? It's still better that we tag Chris Godwin, bring him back for whatever he is at tag money, or if they sign a long-term deal once they see he's healthy, than to have to go out there on the market. The Raiders need to go into the draft and, and figure it out that way. What's the latest on Al Robinson? He could be the one guy standing alone who could potentially get 18 to 20 mil a year, right? I mean, he could, but the... Um, I'm sorry, I... I I was told to refer to him as Allen. I didn't know you were on that kind of basis. Al Al Robinson, uh, who has been maybe the most unlucky receiver in the history of the NFL to deal with the quarterbacks that, that he has. Um, he's getting older. He's going to be pushing the wrong side of 30 before too long here. And you could spend that kind of money on him. But what's the guarantee that you get the kind of Allen Robinson that you remember? Because the Allen Robinson you remember hasn't been that guy for a number of years. And it's not his fault. He's just a guy who's had no quarterbacks to help him out. How did it work out for the Giants and Kenny Galladay? Really well. Really, really well. Uh, the New York Giants did exactly what they needed to do, which was to spend a lot of cap space on a guy that they weren't going to throw to. Uh, so it was the last little cherry on top of the poop Sunday from Dave Gettleman to hand out that contract to Kenny Galladay so that he can come in and be thrown to by Daniel Jones. And if you believe the rumors we saw today, Cofield, the Giants might bring in Mitchell Trubisky to compete with Daniel Jones and compete with the last vestiges of my sanity. I like it. Things are looking up for the Giants. Up from six feet under. Yes. Good times in New York. Real good times. Uh, speaking of the Giants and the Jets, can someone please send a memo about what just happened in the AFC West today? to TV execs and the commish office. There's only so many primetime spots available, all right? Russell Wilson, I'll say Las Vegas, Justin Herbert, Crafty. Patrick Mahomes are all in the same division. They have tons of games against each other. There is no reason in primetime this year to have the Jets or the Giants on national TV, you've got one division that should get the lion's share of the games. Jets and Giants, please. Here's what we need to do, Cofield. We need to make sure that on like Thursday night football, which of course every team gets one spot on Thursday night football throughout the year, we need to make sure these terrible teams are playing each other. Just make sure that we get one of those hilarious derp fest games where it's like 14-13 at the end, but it's so bad that it's interesting. Just don't give us something like Packers-Lions. No, that's not fair. I need Thursday night to get me ready oh. for everything else for the weekend. Packers-Lions, that's another one. The Lions, although they were fun last year. They could be bent. Well, maybe not. Um, but I'll just say it as a Jets, and we're Jets and Giants fans. 
So I'm sure there's people listening like, don't you want to see your team in prime time? No, I don't. No. No. Sunday, Sundays are glorious. Their games are buried amongst eight games. It is awesome. I don't have an ISO spot to sit there and stew for four hours. Bury them on Sundays where they belong. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Now back to Cofield and Company. Only sports talk radio show in the country that plays one shining moment from the true beginning of March Madness. Um, and I noticed Miles Simmons Pro Football Talk sent out a tweet. I think it was to the effect of, you know, great moment there. Not caring at all. Not caring at all, Miles, about poor Furman. Uh, I, I saw one of the kids just to the left of the shooter could just go down in a heap. Oh, um, so sad. And, oh. They're, and, and they're not in. But this is one of the coolest events. Uh, all these events, you know, March Madness is friggin' awesome. Oh, I love it. And frankly, you know, it's, I've been telling people like, oh, man, it's, it's time to follow college basketball for the, you know, three to four weeks that I actually do it. So I, I had never seen Chattanooga play or who haven't firm and I'd never seen them play the entire year. I maybe have never even seen them play in my life, but if they're playing basketball and it's March, heck yeah, I want to watch that thing. And that was an amazing shot. That, that mean that they were able to get that ball in that quickly and get off a shot. And the dude had two guys right in his face. That was an amazing shot by that Chattanooga player, man. I was on FaceTime with my mom. I was like, oh, my God. It was, it was Are you all right, life. honey? Yeah, yeah. That was great. <laughs> okay. So let's do this. Okay. Let's drop some college basketball hints. Florio's way. Is Mike Florio actually trying to take up for Calvin Ridley and the gambling thing? I don't think so. I just think that it's, and I said this yesterday, how are we starting with this instead of the quarterback stuff? Anyway, I, no, I just feel I, like. I hey, 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 slave yeah, to the not, news we're not, cycle. Play, we're, we're not playing the NFL's, you know, dump <laughs> game where they dumped it yesterday knowing franchise tags and maybe quarterbacks are going to be moving. But uh, yeah, I, I just know, wanted one, one thought on this on, well, lots of thoughts on Ridley because it, it still is a big story. No, it totally is a big story. I mean, when you have a receiver and really any player gets suspended for an entire year for whatever reason that it is, like that's a big deal. Um, But I I don't think that it's caping up for Calvin Ridley. I think it's more or less just like there's some nuance to the situation. Like it's not like he Calvin Ridley is, you know, Pete Rose or whatever, where he's going out and he's gambling on everything every week and he's got this real problem and it really is probably affecting – Um, the outcome of games. Now, it is an integrity of the game problem if any player who is on a team does this. Now, I I can understand to a certain extent why it is that Calvin Ridley may have done something like this, where he's just not thinking. He's away from the team. It probably was around Thanksgiving because they said it was, you know, late November. He's probably around family. And they're just like, hey, man, let's place some bets on stuff. Let's just see what happens here. And he was betting for the Falcons, not against the Falcons. But you you also got to take into account here that he was away from the team, and he had been for a few weeks at that time. So I, I, I get why something like this can happen. And also, given how the NFL has embraced sports betting from fans, right, there is some nuance, I think, to be had here. But at the same time, all players know you are not allowed to bet on NFL games. It is something that is drilled into them. It's day one stuff. There are signs in the facilities. You can't bet. Right? I worked for NFL teams for six seasons. Every year, they showed not just to players, but also to us, a presentation about how you cannot bet on NFL games. So this is something that he knew not to do, and it's unfortunate that he did it. Now, will his suspension get reduced? I don't know. I understand why he would want to appeal it, but frankly, I also get, especially in the uh, the day and age that we're in, why the NFL has come down very hard on Calvin Ridley. They need to make an example out of him because you cannot just go and do this. Miles, I here's my counterpoint. <laughs> oh boy, There's no nuance. Because of what you just said. Because you just said that 
there is one black and white piece of this. There is one no shade of gray, and that is you are an NFL player. You can't bet on the NFL. If, yeah. if you want to, if you want to come from a higher grounds view and say, well, the NFL was asking for this into bed with seven different sports betting companies by having three tri-exclusive partners and that they were kind of asking for, you know, trouble when it comes to sports betting by embracing it more. Yeah, I can I can hear that, but but none of that cracks the main part of the case here, which is that Calvin Ridley not only as an NFL player bet on games, he then went on social yesterday and tried to say, hey man, I only bet 1500 is no big deal. So whether he bets on Falcons games or not, let me just throw a scenario at you. Let's say that we know that Calvin Ridley bet on the Falcons to win. What about the other legs of that parlay, right? What about the other legs if the legs were on, I don't know, the the Lions, the the Rams, whoever it might be? The perception issue becomes massive for any player that Calvin Ridley has ever played with in his career, right? Like any player who's been on the same team as him, any player he went to college with, like anything that happens strangely in a game involving someone who knows Calvin Ridley becomes a massive perception issue. So for me, the the nuance thing is harder to come by. And trust me, I work in that industry. Like yes. I understand the way that, that people are looking at it. And even I am looking at it and saying, no, man, I don't know that there's a way to spin this, that, that, that there's any good thing to come out of it. So what do you think of the idea that the NFL is asking for this in some way by getting into bed with gambling companies? Um, I don't necessarily think that they're asking for it, asking for it. I, I think that I understand why people would say that. But again, like I said, you, the players, and this was something that we wrote about it at PFT as well, players have the right that is collectively bargained by the NFLPA to bet on basically any other sport but the NFL. So, and that's something, again, that they know. There are presentations about it in training camp, and we can say, oh, well, I guess, you know, guys like that, they don't pay attention to anything, da 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 Sure they do. They have to. They know they do. Um, so I, I don't necessarily think that they're asking for it. And frankly, yeah, I mean, like, Ken, like you said, I, I understand where we're on the radio right now in Las Vegas, right? Like, this is, th this is just kind of what things are from a fan standpoint. Um, but I, I think you're right in that, like, there's no real way to say he didn't do something wrong. However, I think because the NFL investigated it and because he was away from the team, and that's where I think the nuance comes in, right? It's He wasn't really in contact with people who were around him and getting inside information, and this apparently was a one-time thing. So that's where I'm saying it's like, we don't have to come down on this. Like he had, was running some gambling ring and you know, he was the ringleader and like he somehow owed somebody in the mob money or some, uh, you know, all these other different, like that's not really what we're dealing with here. This sort of, to me is like a low grade offense, but because it is so wrong. And because if you don't come down hard on him, because he's a player in the league, whether you want to call him active or not, like that opens up Pandora's box further. If it were, if the NFL were to find out that somebody who is on an active roster and doing the things that you were talking about, where it's, you know, a college teammate, uh, a former teammate in the NFL is passing on certain inside information for him to then bet on stuff, that would be a different situation than the situation we're dealing with right now. Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk joining us here on Cofield and Company. Um, speaking of wagering the odds on the Denver Broncos swung so wildly today uh they they opened the day around 20 to 1 to win the Super Bowl then as soon as Aaron Rodgers news broke about going back to Green Bay they bounced all the way back up to 40 to 1 in some spots and three hours later Russell Wilson is a Denver Bronco and it's all the way down as low as 12 to 1 uh does the move of Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos truly mean that much to the Broncos Super Bowl odds given what they have to get through in the AFC okay so I don't really think so but as I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about it well it's like well what were the last two Super Bowl champs and how did they win they brought in QBs they brought in veteran QBs who had some experience obviously Tom Brady had all the championship experience in the world Matthew Stafford had plenty of good experience with Detroit but never the success in the postseason and now we see Russell Wilson go 
from uh, the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. And there is an argument to be made that they will have a good shot at making the Super Bowl. Now, that being said, I just tweeted and there are some Bronco, angry Bronco fans in my mentions because I think that uh, Russell Wilson comes in now and he's maybe the third best quarterback in the AFC West behind uh, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. And frankly, that's even debatable because he might be the fourth best quarterback behind Derek Carr based on the way Derek Carr played in 2021. So I'm not really all that convinced that uh, the Broncos are, you know, immediately Super Bowl contenders just because Russell Wilson is there. Look, it's not 2014 anymore. It's not 2015 or 2016 or 2017 even where Russell Wilson's going out there and he's doing all these great things. Look at what Russell Wilson has done in the back half of the 2020 season and the most of 2021. And granted, he had a finger injury. And yes, he was also learning a new offensive scheme. But it's not like Russell Wilson was going out there and being gangbusters. He just wasn't. He wasn't making all really all those great decisions that we've seen. He wasn't breaking tackles and doing all those things and using his legs effectively and all those things that we have become so accustomed to seeing Russell Wilson do. He's about to be in his mid-30s, all right? He's not a 20-something-year-old quarterback anymore. So we'll see what happens, but I'm not gonna, I'm not ready to crown the Denver Broncos as any, in anything, in that, especially in that division with all those great quarterbacks. I think Russell Wilson is better than Derek Carr, but it's not just the quarterback. It's the surrounding cast. And I uh, earlier today on another radio show on uh, Fox Sports Radio, uh, I heard TJ Hushmanzada saying that the Broncos surrounding cast on offense is better than the Raiders surrounding cast. I don't know that I buy that one. Well, I mean, they got rid of Noah Fant today. You know, Noah Fant was going to be one of those guys when I saw that trade. I was like, all right, well, then they're probably going to get him more involved down there in the red zone, and then they get rid of him. They've got another good young tight end um, do the Denver Broncos, and they've got somebody like Cortland Sutton. They've got Jerry Judy. So it's not like they're lacking in weapons, but I don't – necessarily think like I'm looking at the Broncos and I'm like oh my gosh like oh yeah they're much better than the Chargers with Mike Williams who just got paid today and Keenan Allen I I, I don't buy that certainly don't buy that they're better than the Chiefs I, I might buy that they're better than the Raiders though I mean I, I'm not I mean like Darren Waller's great Darren Waller's great uh, um, uh, Hunter Renfro really really good um, but you know Aside from that, I'm not, you know, would you pick up Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option right now? I don't think I would, especially not the way that we know that Josh McDaniels has run through running backs um, with the New England Patriots. So I don't I don't know if I would buy that uh, the Broncos' weapons are worse than that of the Raiders, especially when you've got somebody like Javante Williams also coming out of the backfield um, for the Denver Broncos. So I, I think I might disagree with you on that, Steve. Is the Broncos' defense good? Broncos defense is pretty good, and frankly, I, I like what they've done in going out and getting a Jiro Evero, uh, who used to be the Rams' secondary coach. I think he was also probably the defensive pass game coordinator there. They give away titles to different assistant coaches and whatever that is, but he's the new defensive coordinator there. They're going to have a lot of defensive continuity with that system because Vic Fangio, obviously former head coach now, Jiro Evero was running basically the Vic Fangio system with the L.A. Rams, so they're going to be able to bring that in there and basically do the same things, right? Like, Pat Sertain, the second, he's good, man. That's a really darn good young cornerback, and I think with Evero's coaching, he can be even better. And, hey, if they get Von Miller back, as he was teasing yesterday, we saw what Von Miller did in the postseason. I mean, that's just going to elevate that defense even more. One more on the Raiders versus the Broncos. You know, and we still have the whole offseason to go, so it's kind of hard to measure teams against each ah, other. Let's do it um, anyway. It's a sports but, talk radio. Exactly. But um, – <laughs> Josh McDaniels clearly is a better coach than Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, clearly, what's that? I don't. I don't know that we know that. I don't know that we know that. I mean, I think Josh McDaniels has more experience. And if we want to just say that experience is the big, you know, equalizer there, then fine. Yeah, let's let's call Josh McDaniels clearly better. But I mean, I would I would go back to Sean McVay, right? In 2017, gets hired, and all of a sudden the Rams go from total crap at four and twelve to eleven and five, and nobody knew that Sean McVay was going to be able to do that. I mean, the Rams won the NFC West, and they get to the Super Bowl the next year. Granted, yes, they got creamed by Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots in that Super Bowl, but I I'm not willing to say that just because Nathaniel Hackett doesn't have 
you know, the head coach experience, the extensive play calling experience, the championship experience, that Josh McDaniels is just flat out a better coach. And I don't think we know that yet. So imagine, Miles, that I told you you were going to come on for a segment on the day when Aaron Rodgers signed for four years in Green Bay, although he's denying the terms. Uh, it's yes. been reported uh, by NFL Network. But let's just say we're going to talk about the $153 million guarantee that Ian Rappaport uh, discussed and that we would be this deep into the segment without discussing the fact that Aaron Rodgers is going to get paid through Tom Brady age at potentially unprecedented money after what we saw last offseason with Aaron Rodgers. How do you wrap your head around what you heard today? Good. The best quarterbacks really shouldn't hit the open market and they really shouldn't leave where they're at, right? Especially if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're looking around the NFC North and you're looking around the AFC West and you see uh, what's going on in the NFC North. The Lions have Jared Goff, you know, the Vikings have Kirk Cousins and there's questions there and they've got a new head coach and the Bears have Justin Fields and a bunch of question marks and they've got a new defensive head coach and Matt Eberflus. You're looking around like, boy, this is gonna, this ain't gonna be too hard for me to make it at least to the postseason and probably rule the division again and go into Soldier Field and tell them how much you own them for another season at least. So, I mean, it's kind of wild that the the way Russell Wilson knocked Aaron Rodgers out of the news cycle, and also we've still got the Calvin Ridley situation to talk about as well. But I, you know, it's funny that uh, after all of Rodgers' diva posturing. And all of the, the big deals that he made out of what was going on between him and the Packers and the 30-minute press conference when he got to training camp and all of these different things. And uh, it, it's funny to me that now he just kind of got knocked out of the news cycle. It's, you know, I mean, it, it's great. I, I think it's kind of great. And the whole I'm immunized thing, you know, that's... It's a little bit of karma, but he's still got his money. And like, even if these these reports aren't accurate of 153 million guaranteed, like, man, that dude's got some kind of, you know, nine figure guarantee to still be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers and bring his cap number down so that they could franchise Devontae Adams with the hope of extending him long term so that you pair him with Aaron Rodgers and they make sweet, sweet football music as they continue to always do. Like, so... Aaron Rodgers is still winning, and apparently he flew out here with Shailene Woodley, so I guess he's still winning in that area too. Uh, may I just make one small correction? It's not karma. It's Panchakarma. Oh, yes. Yes, you're right. Yeah, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, it's all Panchakarma. <laughs> and it's uh, coming out from both ends. Well, on a day like today, it sure is. Right, Cofield? <laughs> Miles, you're the best. Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk. You can check out uh, Miles' stories that include, from just a little while ago, Commanders offered high picks in the next three drafts for Russell Wilson. Dan <laughs> Snyder, no one wants to play for you, buddy. Uh, Miles, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. There he is. Miles Simmons, Miles A. Simmons up on Twitter. We're hanging out, watching the uh, Golden Knights right now, unfortunately, uh, 13 minutes in, down one nothing at the Flyers. I'll, I'll say even at this point in the season, this is a must-win game. You can't lose to a team that has, uh, what, four wins since uh, the start of the year. Four wins in 2022. So come on down. You can get the Red Bull Party Starter. Lots of other cool drinks. Awesome, awesome menu. And we've got a bunch of prizes aside from the uh, VGK tickets that you can sign up for here at Tom's, which is good for the March 17th game against the Panthers. I've also got a boatload of tickets to the uh, Mountain West Conference Tournament, the semifinals on the men's side on Friday. Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. We don't mess around when it comes to food. It's the Fat Pack, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. And there's wine already for tasting, and there's Cadillacs all shiny and new. Gotta move. All right, roll it on. Fat Pack, Fat Pack. 
I'll update it again. I did not get the apple pie earlier. I did finish the Mountain Dew. I might be getting a Red Bull party starter here in just a couple minutes from Tom's Urban. We'll see. I have to control the hysteria because I get very, very hyper. I do have to tell a story last night, Candy. Uh, you know I am a uh, bar dweller. Um, I almost got into a bar brawl last night. Almost. It didn't wouldn't have been, I, wouldn't have been I, the first. I'm usually on the and I'm usually on the receiving end. Not really dealing a whole lot of damage, but but I've been in them. Hanging at a bar. Uh, one of the good friends of the show is hanging there as well. Uh, we're nerds, so oftentimes we'll have a uh, a DJ showdown on Ari's favorite term, the jukebox, right? So last night we were rotating music, and I try to go with a mix where it's all over the place, right? And someone happened to mention that Allegiant Stadium has big shows coming up that are completely sold out. BTS is coming to town. Korean boy band, K-pop. I loaded a couple of BTS songs on the machine. They started playing, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm in trouble. Now, they could have skipped them, but they respect the choices. But the bartender was looking at me like, bruh, you are going to clear this entire place of adults who are playing my machines out of the venue. It wasn't a good situation. I did not get beat up, but I got a lot of looks. And uh, I'm going to say I'm open to lots of music. And God bless these kids that they've got 137 million followers on Twitter. And they just sold out four dates with 60,000 fans. But their stuff is not great. What? Oh, you just activated the BTS army. What I've are heard, you doing? Heard, I know. What are you doing? You want to get into a real fight? This is when you're going to get a real fight. You are going to get beaten down by an angry, roving group of 13-year-old girls. Their cell phones raining blows on your head. They can't get in the bar. I do shows at bars. I hang at bars. They can't get in. Now, if they pull what the Dana White army pulled on Adam Hill, where they actually Google earthed his house and sent him photos of his house to scare him, then uh, I could be in trouble there. But uh, I'm sorry, girls. It, it's not it's not good music. And I know I'm old, but it, I, and I'm open to anything. I really am. We. I don't know if I can do this. I'm not going to do it. Well, I'll mention real quickly. Um, the challenger in the DJ contest started playing cover music and started playing Susan Boyle. And the bar actually enjoyed it. Go figure. You know Susan Boyle, right? She's a good singer. This is not a video DJ contest. The, this is an audio DJ the, contest. The matronly 71-year-old former American Idol or X Factor singer. And, and uh, she had some good covers. She was good. Better Mat than BTS. I just did it again. I love it. Matronly because we know that Susan Boyle is right square in the middle of the Cofield demo. Um, but, oh, yeah. Don't, don't try to deny it. Uh, I had a friend who has a young high school age daughter. He would not normally text me asking, do you have a line on boy band tickets? But he did. <laughs> he texted me about a week ago and said, look, I know it's a long shot, but we really want to send the daughter and the friend to the BTS concert. Um, and honestly, I just thought to myself, I feel badly for you. You you are like that parent who is squatting outside the Toys R Us, RIP, on the morning before Christmas, trying to get the latest toy, trying to see if maybe that shipment might drop. You know you have no chance. None. You have no chance of getting them. But he said the mother of the other kid had already upgraded her membership in the BTS fan club just to try to get in a little bit earlier on the presale. Yeah, guess what? Still didn't get BTS tickets. Still up next, didn't get them. Up next, I'm sorry, Candy. We were just picking uh, up, a fight with oh, BTS. Oh, Sam, up next. Sam Peniotovich comes in to pick more fights with people who want to back Calvin Ridley in the NFL 
gambling scheme and uh, also pretty much anyone uh, who he doesn't respect who's making picks on the Internet. Oh, boy, that could be a large crowd. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. Coalfield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. I mean, we really lead the life. Uh, I, I, you know, going to break, and I really didn't do it on purpose. The uh, manager here at Tom's Urban, we're live at Tom's Urban right around the corner from the Fortress. You know, and I was, I was giving a little pop to their signature drink, the Red Bull Party Starter, and I swear, three minutes later, it's in front of me. Here we go, fellas. I told you earlier. Cornholio time, about 5.50. I'm going to be bouncing off the freaking walls. Uh, Sam Paniotovich is here with us. Sam was, Sam's always bouncing off the walls of the internets because he's uh, he's calling out the, the phonies and getting after them. And uh, we got a lot of good stuff to break down. So let's start with Aaron Rodgers and his return, what that does for the Packers. I don't think there, there wasn't much, uh, much speculation betting allowed anyway that the Packers could stink. So the numbers didn't change much, did they? No, and I think that we're learning sports books are pretty much putting up a halfway number now in the offseason. They did it with the Packers. You know, Green Bay was about 14, 16 to 1 um, beginning of the week, and that was when the speculation started to pick up that Rodgers could come back. But, Steve, they never got higher than 20 to 1. And you know full well that that number is, you know, about close to where it is right now. I mean, it's it's 10 to 1. It's been cut in half, but it's still – it's pretty close. Um, if Rodgers isn't in Green Bay, though, and they don't have Devontae Adams, that number could be 100 to 1. So the sports books got ahead on both Green Bay and Denver. They thought Rodgers was coming back, and they knew that Denver was going to get anybody with a pulse, somebody with a pulse for that matter, whether it was you know Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or maybe it was Aaron Rodgers. The books were short on Green Bay and Denver to begin with, so you never really got – great value and i'll tell you what man you look at the screen at some books broncos are 12 to 1 they have the fifth best odds to win the super bowl right now 12 to 1 last offseason to just to underscore your point when the broncos were in discussions before they got teddy bridgewater sean watson whoever it might be i grabbed a small piece at 66 to 1 so that was what last offseason brought you this offseason I believe I saw most places it hanging around 22 for the bulk of, you know, the last few weeks up until today. And then that's what I want to get into today. That's a strange little situation for books on Denver today, right? Two hour window where it flashes back up to about 40 and then kind of settles back in what for a little while at 20 and then immediately got rammed down to where you're talking about it at 12. So a pretty wild little future spot on Denver today. Sure, and I see a 10-to-1 now at points bet. I do remember that last offseason, and that was before you know the Bridgewater move and then, of course, the rumor that Aaron Rodgers could go there. And, and Jay Cornegate, to this day, if you ask him, he was dead set that Rodgers was going to Denver. Now, Cornegate's one of the biggest Bronco fans in the world, so I think he kind of got miffed by that. I think he believed a little more than he should have. But, I mean, a lot of the books thought Rodgers was going to Denver. So they sort of learned their lesson there, and they realized, look, why would we give away 70 or 65 or 60 or even 50 on a team that everybody knows is a quarterback away from being a legit team? Like I've said for the last six months, they are a top-five roster and a bottom-five quarterback room. Their offense sucked. They, they averaged 19.7 points per game. They were pitiful on offense. So – if they do anything, they got to be 15 to 1 or less. But to your point, Adam, you know, last offseason, they're 70 to 1. When the Super Bowl ended, what, a month ago, they were 30 to 1. So the books just continue to try and get ahead of the curve. And there's another team on the list that's really interesting. I was talking with Ed Sammons this past offseason at the Superbook. And he said, Sam, he said, the Eagles have so much speed and so much skill and I like their play calling, and I think their coach is a good coach. They just don't have a quarterback. The Philadelphia Eagles right now are 40-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. If they go out, and I don't know who you get at this point because obviously Rodgers is off the market, Wilson's off the market, but if they trade for Deshaun Watson, that team is all of a sudden, you know, from 40-1 to 1 down to maybe 25-20-1. to 1. I think that number gets cut directly in half 
that is a very, very good roster with a lot of skill and a lot of speed. They just they don't have a quarterback right now. And they have a path. Anyone in the NFC has a path that in the AFC becomes much more difficult. And you mentioned that 40. I'll tell you my own little heartbreaker story today. I, uh, Will Hill was still hanging 40 on the Broncos about three minutes after the Schefter tweet. Clicked it, got to the bet screen, had it had it bounced back to me for 20. And they're like, oh, that close. That close. Anyway, let's... Uh, Let's get let uh, here with Sam Paniotovich, Nesson, Fox Sports. Uh, I want to get into a little conspiracy theory here with you, Sam. Um, I, I put this out there today, but I know that you're going to you're going to help me out with this one. Um, so Tuesday afternoon, here we are talking about Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. We might not have known those moves were coming, but there was a lot of franchise tag stuff that was going to happen today because we we're coming up to the deadline, right? We Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams, etc. Interesting timing for the NFL to drop the Calvin Ridley suspension on a Monday right before coming into one of the busiest news seasons that we have, whether it's tag, free agency, upcoming draft, etc. It's almost like they only wanted it to have a one-day news cycle. Am I crazy? You're not crazy. Um, and nobody's happier than Calvin Ridley right now. <laughs> and I think his agent finally got to him and said, dude, stop tweeting. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what he thought he was doing yesterday. When he tweeted out, I only bet 1500 I don't have a gambling problem. Oh, like, God. That, that is going on my tombstone. I, I am stealing that from Calvin Ridley. I, you know, this is such muddy water with, with the NFL because – you know, I saw one of the my favorite tweets was it was, you know, Twitter was on fire yesterday, but my favorite tweet was from this guy named Tyrone Palmer. He tweeted, we regret to inform you that due to his shameful gambling, Calvin Ridley has been suspended from the Bet Rivers 2022 regular season sponsored by DraftKings. <laughs> and I thought I thought that literally hits the nail on the head. I mean, the Superdome is the Caesars Superdome. You can't go one commercial break without seeing an ad to deposit in your sports book. Like, I, I look, I don't think professional athletes should be able to gamble on their own sport, but my God, I mean, you look the other way on everything else, and then the player is away from the team. He wasn't getting inside information. I mean, what happens if Tom Brady makes a bunch of futures bets this offseason, and then it turns out he comes back and plays? Is he going to get in trouble? I doubt it. So I just don't know, and I think, Steve, you and I were texting about this yesterday. You you think the mental health thing plays into this, and, and that very well could. You know, I'll throw it a candy because no one on yesterday's show bit at all. Is it something we need to look into? Do we? I guess the first thing would be Calvin Ridley actually talking about his mental health issues and, and if we got some specifics about what was going on. Am I stretching it too much, Candy? Steve, the first thought I had yesterday when I saw Calvin Ridley – tweeting through it as they like to say is that it's one of two things either someone needs to steal his phone away right now because calvin ridley might still not be in a very good place which we know was why he missed the back half of the 2021 season or if you want to go full conspiracy theory uh his pr team would be more than happy to have some of that out there so that they can come back later and say you okay. know what Calvin Ridley is clearly still having some issues here. We need to have some lenience with him because of the fact that maybe he was placed when he was in a really bad place. Right. My initial reaction was this. How are you this stupid to sign up for a freaking sportsbook account in your name? Like, first, last, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I mean, have somebody else make the bets. You, you, he, he literally, if this is true, and he only bet $1,500 – he had one of the worst wagers in the history of the world. He Amen. bet $1,500 and lost $10 million. At he did. And we could also, uh, I mean, if we want to get real down in the weeds, a three, five, and eight-leg parlay. Cool. Um, now, uh, <laughs> With the Falcons say, in it. With, with the, the Fal Falcons. With the Falcons in it. If you're going to bet them, fade them. Anyway, so, Sam, I have had a lot of discussions with people around just what you said a minute ago about signing up for your own account. I have some people who believe he didn't sign up for his own account, which would be a nightmare for the whole legal industry that 
all the time for, with legislators about, no, we know who our customers are. Well, if somebody else signed up for the account and Calvin Ridley ended up being the one to bet, that's a big problem. But my argument, and this is going to be at LegalSportsReport.com in the next couple of days, big plug, how in the world does the sports book that has Calvin Ridley, this isn't Mike Smith signing up, this is Calvin Ridley how is that account not flagged immediately? Why did the bets get placed in the first place? Why was he ever allowed to make the wagers? Why is it that it had to get flagged later that he placed $1,500 in bets? They should have rejected They should have rejected them straight out. Sam, you and I get rejected for far, far less trying to get a bet down than being an NFL player. Hey, Sam, do me a favor. Sit tight because I want to hear the answer, but we have to get to our 5 o'clock break. It'll be uh, two, three minutes here. We'll come back with Sam Paniotovich, get an answer to this question and a few more. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Live from Tom's Watch Bar inside New York, New York, it's Cofield and company. That's my reputation for years and years and years. People turn on the show and they're like, there he is, Mr. Sunshine. The glass is overflowing. I just want to see Ari getting upset and I'm seeing instead of actually talking on the air. Oh, he's dancing. He's dancing. Oh, my eyes might not recover. Like, I don't want this T-shirt. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah! Tuition, you idiots! <laughs> That's Cofield and Company for you. No discipline! It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield. On ESPN Las Vegas. Official hockey viewing spot in Las Vegas for ESPN Las Vegas. Tom's Urban on a Tuesday. Oh, boy. Come on, Golden Knights. This is not a good one. They're down 2 nothing going to the second against the Flyers. Let's finish up here with Sam Paniotovich. So we'll get to the big five here in less than five minutes. Uh, Sam, of course, from Nesson and Fox Sports. And we were just talking about Calvin Ridley. And this is a big topic for the gambling community and fans in general here in Las Vegas. Sam, Candy was just asking you, how the hell did Ridley actually get through the initial process of registering for a sportsbook account when NFL players aren't allowed to bet on the NFL? How is he not flagged from the get-go? Well, I, I mean, I think they, first of all, I think they should have a process where, I mean, given the data and the technology and the software these sports books have to be able to track you wherever you are to make sure you're in said state to make a sports bet, they should be able to take the, what, 32 teams, 53 players, you do the math, it's like, you know, 1,500 players or so. They should be able to put all those first and last names into a database, and anytime somebody with that name signs up, you flag the account. But remember... Calvin Ridley can bet on the NBA. He can bet on Major League Soccer. He can bet on the PGA. He just can't bet on the NFL. But I think you alleviate this from ever happening by if Calvin Ridley signs up for a sportsbook account, you just go into the admin on the back end and uncheck the box that says NFL. So if Calvin Ridley wants to gamble, all right, you know that he's here. You know he has an account, and apparently the NFL – has been in talks with their gambling partners to gather information on potential violations by players and team employees. That's how he got caught. But put him in a pile where here's Calvin Ridley. We'll take his bets, but we won't allow him to bet the NFL. We'll take it out of his hands. Sam Paniotovich with us. Sam, let's close on something that's pretty interesting here. We've seen some uh, information, gambling information companies, uh, dive into the world of hiring uh, general sports personalities. We've seen some sports books like uh, Caesars and William Hill add uh, guys like Kenny Mayne and Trey Wingo onto the ledger. There are rumors out there that when Adam Schefter is a free agent from ESPN, ESPN may not just be competing with whatever, CBS or Fox Sports, but books could get involved. Uh, maybe sports info sites could get involved. Could he actually turn this into some massive payday because he's an information peddler? And I don't mean that in a bad way. Well, I can't speak for Schefter, but let me just tell you what a buddy of mine who bets a lot of money told me the other day. He said, Sammy, he said, you know how much money I would pay for Adam Schefter's information? He said, I would put him on the team. I would give him half. I Before he hits tweet on this message that Kyler Murray is doubtful, before he hits tweet, just give it to me, and I'll go blow it off the board. And then he said, "I don't." He goes, "I don't know if, Sh if Schefter's a gambler at all, but he goes, I don't think Schefter even has a clue how much money he could make people 
with the information and the network that he's built. Because if you have a quarterback information note that he's not going to play or he's got a, a bum ankle or a bad hand or something, these lines move. I mean, sides could move. I remember Kyler Murray, when Scheffler tweeted this earlier this year, or middle of the season, rather, Arizona was a five-point favorite. By the time the game kicked off, Arizona closed plus one. So if you only bet Schefter gold, like the good stuff, the best of the best, you're going to beat the closing line by four or five points on the side and maybe more on a total. So I, I don't know what Schefter's going to do next, but I, I'm telling you, man, like a Billy Walters or, or somebody of that caliber that oh, gets okay. down a lot of money, yeah. they would love to have him on the squad. Interesting. I mean, come on. I mean, if Schefter, if Schefter's beating, I mean, it's hard enough to beat the NFL laying minus one ten. We're flipping coins on a three point favorite or a total of fifty one or whatever. But if I can tell you, Steve, that you get all of Adam Schefter's good tips or great tips or amazing tips, what do you think your record would be on a hundred plays? And I think seventy and thirty. Right. I mean. Sammy, I think it's layered in so many different ways because the rumors that have been out there are, well, a sports book wants to sign him. You imagine a book getting the information and being able to be that far ahead of the market with Adam Schefter in the fold? Like, what, what do they get before he hits tweet? And then to your point, if he's working for a pro, my question is, Schefter's not a journalist. He's an information broker. Uh, is he still going to be able to get the same information when he doesn't have the ESPN platform for everybody to get it out there? That's my big well, question with Schefter. Well, it would he would have to stop. I mean that, and that's that's the real issue here. He would have to almost take a step back from the reporting side of it. Like he would he would almost have to go dark on this. He wouldn't be able to be tweeting that stuff out anymore because the people that he would be working for would be super upset. Like if if I'm paying Adam Schefter to give me information or whatever. And all of a sudden, he still puts this stuff out on Twitter. Like that's, you can't have it both ways. So I, I look at the end of the day, I don't think Adam Schefter is going to be working for a professional gambler. But if he were to, they would almost have to muzzle him because they want to get down as much as they can. Like you know, they want to get good numbers for a couple of days. They want to bet plus six and plus five and plus four. Once Schefter tweets, it could go from six to three. Skip all those numbers. So. They would almost have to tell him, hey, buddy, cool it on the tweets. Like, we're paying you so you don't tell everybody. But it's something to think about. I mean, I, it's just a fascinating conversation. And I really don't think, like, you know, if you got a guy betting $100,000 a game, side or total, and, and you get 10 great tips and you can win 7 out of 10, that's 700000 minus the 330 in juice. You're winning 370. You cut them 20%, 25%, 30%. He's going to make a lot of money in a short period of time. Sam, you're awesome, man. Thanks for spending so much time with us. Appreciate it. We'll see you. Peace and love, boys. See you. There he is. Sam Pennyotovich, Nesson, and Fox Sports.